Good morning, Bridge. How are we doing today? Happy Father's Day to you guys. So good to see you in the house of the Lord, you that are watching online. So glad you're with us today. I got to be honest with you, it's Father's Day. I don't much feel like working today. I don't know if you how you feel about it. So I'm not going to preach, okay? I'm just not. I'm just going to sit down and chill. Uh, in fact, I asked Pastor Andy to help us out. Pastor Andy Stovall is Congregational Life Pastor here at the Bridge, Princeton. Andy and I got to talking. Have a seat, brother. Thank you. Thank Andy you. and I got to talking this week, and uh, we decided that neither one of us felt like preaching because uh, <laughs> it's Father's Day. Well, and you mentioned something about recliners and sitting, and I said, twist my arm. Okay, I'm in. And uh, <laughs> then we thought, well, we got a microphone. We might as well use it to our advantage. So we decided we would brainstorm the kind of gifts we would love to receive on Father's Day. Just drop some hints. So that's what we're going to do today instead of preaching. We're just going to drop some hints hey. about the kind of gifts that, uh, that uh, we might like to receive. Maybe you dads would like to receive. Let me say quickly, uh, the Red Shed blessed us with these recliners for the weekend. Just give it up for the Red Shed this morning. Appreciate you guys. Unfortunately, they're not giving them to me and Andy to take home <laughs> afterwards, but they are blessing us today with this. Amen. opportunity so uh, uh let's just talk about some gifts we yeah and before we do pastor jim i I'd, I'd like to really share about why gifts are so important why they're so important to fathers and it's not just because we like recliners and we like to kick our feet up and rest a little bit but they are important because the bible teaches us some stuff about giving gifts. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, uh, we're given the Ten Commandments, and right in the middle. <laughs> oh, there it is. He was thinking uh, he got the shaft on the recliner. <laughs> <laughs> I did let him pick the one he wanted, though. But now right in the middle of Deuteronomy chapter 5, in verse 16 it says this, and it's on your screen. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded so that you may live long and that it may what? Go well with you in the land the Lord has given you. Now, uh, I want to mention something to you. Today, I want to I want to talk to you for just a second about the importance of dad. All right, now moms, we had Mother's Day a month ago, and I want to I want to say this before I share these statistics because I know that one of the toughest jobs in America is that that the single parent does, and our single moms who do the job of raising their kids don't they do an outstanding job Amen. doing that? And we thank God for you. Amen. But I want to share some statistics because this is Father's Day. And, and Pastor Jim, I believe you said this a few weeks ago. A lot of times, you know, uh, Mama gets all the love and the roses and Papa was a rolling stone, you know. So we get whooped on on Father's Day. But we want to talk about the benefit of Dad and, and, and the benefit of loving Dad. And so also looking at what happens when Dad isn't around. Check out these statistics. 85% of youths that are sitting in jail grew up in a home without a father. Children who grew up without a father are twice as likely to drop out of high school. 
Children without fathers are four times more likely to have emotional or behavioral problems that require assistance. 75% of young patients seeking substance abuse treatment are from fatherless homes. That's 10 times the national average. Approximately 75% of teen suicides occur in a home where one parent is absent. And uh, guys, if you think, and, and sometimes we're guilty of this, we send, we send mama to church with the kids and we stay home. Maybe we want to play golf. Maybe something's on. We're, you know, around the, all the tennis circuit time right now, and a lot of that's on early in the morning. But if a mother attends church regularly with her children without a father, only 2% will choose to become regular churchgoers as adults. If a father attends church regularly with his children, even without the mom, 44% will choose to become a regular church goer. Dad, you've got a big role here, a big role to play. And so that's very, very important for you to be present. And so that's really what we want to just take a few minutes and share with you this morning is this idea that, uh, that dads are, are so incredibly valuable and quite often we don't even realize how valuable they are until they're not in the picture. And so we want to make sure that we understand that. In fact, the word honor in the Hebrew is the word kabad, and kabad literally means to treasure. It means to raise the value of. And so uh, we want you to treasure us. Okay? Is that okay? That's what we want. And, and we thought we'd just take a few minutes. That's a good idea. Yeah, if they treasure us, it benefits you. It yeah. benefits you with long life and favor with God. Amen? See, you, get, you get good stuff if you treasure us. So it's a deal, right? Is it a deal? <laughs> All right. So today, we'll just take a few minutes. We, wanted to, we, we thought of five gifts that, that we as dads, I invited Andy because he's the oldest father on the preaching team. <laughs> Except me, of course. But <laughs> okay. <I'm> <laughs> so we just brainstormed a, a little bit, and, and we came up with five gifts that we'd love to receive as dads uh, from our kids and uh and, and we thought maybe some of the dads among us would appreciate these gifts as well. And so whether you are, are, are 3 or 13 or 83 is irrelevant. If you have a dad, and I always like to say this, biological, step, adoptive, spiritual fathers all count. If you've got a father figure in your life, then consider giving him uh, one or more of these five gifts, okay? Is that worth a few minutes of our time? We won't keep you long. It's a little dangerous to give Andy a microphone and let him sit down, but, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll get through this as quickly as we can. Last time, Farrell and I tag-teamed. We went an hour, and hopefully we won't do that today. Uh, here we go. Get into it. The first one, right out of the box, the first gift you guys can give us is obey us, especially while you're living in our homes. I mean, that's just that's the way it is. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. I, I did a Greek word study on that word obey because I really wanted to understand uh, what that meant. And I found out that the Greek word is, is uh, hupokuo. That it's a complex word, uh, but it, what, it, what it literally means is do what we say. <laughs> That's what it means. I mean, it's just a simple kind of thing. Willingly, pleasantly, immediately, just 
Just do it. And I know some kids struggle with that. I know some kids have a hard time. I can't sit down the whole time I'm talking. Uh, some kids have a hard time with that. Like the dad who, uh, who had a son who was just really struggling uh, to obey, and dad came up with every idea he could think of to figure out how to get the son to do it. And he finally decided he'd bribe him. So he, he got his son in, and he said, son, here's the deal. Um, if you will obey me for a month, I'll give you a new bicycle. And the kid really wanted a bike, so he thought it was a good idea. He said, okay, deal, Dad. And, uh, and his dad left the room, and, and the kid started thinking, uh, boy, a month is a, is a long time. I don't know if I can do this or not. I guess I better, I better pray. And so he goes to his bedroom. He gets down by the bed, and he says, uh, Heavenly Father, uh, I really want that bike, and so help me to be an obedient boy for the next month. Well, he got up and went into the living room, and he started to go out and play, and he thought, boy, a month is a long time. I better break this down. So he goes back to his bedroom, and he gets down beside the bed, and he said, Lord, can you help me to be an obedient boy for two weeks? And he gets up and goes back to the living room and says, nah. goes back to the bedroom, can you, can you help me to be a good boy for a month, for a week? Nah. How about a day? How about we take it one day at a time, Lord? How about to be a good boy for one day? And he gets up and goes back in the living room, and he's still struggling with, <laughs> what am I going to do with this? And he sees the statue of Mary sitting over on the corner. He gets an idea. He goes over, and he takes the statue. He wraps her up in newspaper, ties her up with duct tape, puts her in the back of his closet, piles toys on top of it, gets down beside his bedside, and says, okay, God, how bad do you want to see your mama again? <laughs> I am in so much trouble. <laughs> Pope, bless me, please. I'm sorry. That was bad. That was wrong. But it was funny. That's what it was. That was funny right there. Some kids struggle with this idea of obedience. And if you've got a child like that, there's some really good material out there. James Dobson wrote a book called The Strong-Willed Child. He updated it just a few years ago called The New Strong-Willed Child. I encourage you to get that, take advantage of it, and learn everything you can. But the bottom line is, uh, to kids of any age, quite frankly, uh, God put us father figures in your life on purpose. And, and I'm convinced that the number one reason, I mean, it's about provision, it's about protection, it's about shelter, it's about all that stuff, but I'm convinced that there is a, there's a principle built into the universe where there is a balance between authority and responsibility. You ever had a job where somebody else had all the authority, but you had all the responsibility? Didn't you hate that job? I mean, you just really hate that job. Somebody in the back room is making all the decisions, and you just have to kind of figure out how to make it happen. But when you get a balance between authority and responsibility, then it's easy to submit to the boss because he or she is empowering you to do what he's asked you to do. That, that's, a, that's a principle of the universe. Well, I believe God put us dads. Moms, again, you know, we're honored moms six weeks ago, but he put dads in our lives for the purpose of showing us that. I used to say to my boys sometimes, especially in their teen years when they would chafe at, uh, at my authority, I would say, son, if you can't submit to my authority knowing how much I love you, what are you going to do when you get out there and you get a boss that doesn't care? You say, I have to teach you how to submit appropriate to authority. I told you I did a Greek word study on hupokuo, and it means just obey, just do what we say, but it literally means submit to appropriate authority. That's what the word literally means. And so what we're talking about when we say obey us, it's not a power trip. It's not a because we said so kind of thing. It's we're trying to teach you something. And I hope that you'll receive it. I hope you'll learn it. I hope you'll get it because ultimately it will serve you well the rest of your life. But if you want to go home today and vacuum your room <laughs> or pick up your dirty clothes or 
do the dishes without being asked. That'll be okay, too. Um, that is a way, too, that you can show us how to give us the second gift that we want to talk about today, and that is loving us. And I've got to stand up as well, Pastor Jim, because I really didn't think through this fireplace in June thing, and it's hot up here. So, uh, But, of course, you love us. I, I know... I know <laughs> I know you care about us. I know that I know that the the kids here today you you love your mom and dad but there's a there's a, a weird thing that happens a metamorphosis if you will that occurs as a child grows up. When we're small, man daddy is our hero. I remember when I was a kid and Dad left the house at 5 o'clock in the morning, got back at 7 o'clock at night. He drove an hour to work, an hour home, and we would wait to see that 68 Ford pickup come up this dirt road we lived on, and there was a bank a little bit higher than this one at the end of our front yard. And we would take off running when we saw Daddy coming, and he would come up the hill, and he would put on the brake, and he would get out of his truck. And I know the very thing he wanted at the end of a long day was for me to jump into his arms. And I would run and jump off of that bank, and he would catch me and throw me in the pickup truck, and we would ride literally about 30 feet <laughs> to where he parked. <laughs> but he was my hero. I mean... He was everything to me. And then, and, and, and he still is. But I, something happened when I turned 13, 14, 15, 16. He just wasn't quite as smart and as cool as he used to be. <laughs> and I would, when we were in a public setting, I would do everything I could, Pastor Jim, to convince the people around me that I just somehow appeared on this planet you know I mean I don't know who that is it's not my dad you know and that happens as we get older and then then in adulthood if we're not careful what can happen to children in adulthood is we get busy with our lives we get we get to doing this and that and the other and and we can find ourselves in adulthood too busy to make time our parents well here's what Psalm 127 verse 3 says it says children are a gift from the Lord now I know that's about the kids there they're a gift from God so what does that have to do with honoring dad well God intended you to be a gift to dad he intended you to be a blessing to dad, not to be the ugly tie that we get at Christmas, right? But to be a gift. Now, I'm not saying that we're supposed to ignore dad's faults. There isn't a daddy in here saying that we're perfect. We know we have frailty. We know we have faults and we're far from perfect. But what I'm saying is you can love somebody without approving certain behavior, okay? Love isn't always this warm, fuzzy feeling. I would argue that warm, fuzzy feeling is something else. What love is, is a decision. Love is a choice. Love is giving someone what they need, not giving them what they deserve. See, I love it 
when my kids just come without me asking into the den, if I'm watching a ball game, if the best college football team in America, the Georgia Bulldogs whoa, 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 are whoa, playing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You gave me a mic and a recliner. This is your <laughs> fault, okay? Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. But they Carolina. just come in and, and sit down. I can't hear anything. He's <laughs> speaking a foreign language. I don't know what he's saying. But they just come and sit down and they just love on me or they, they spend time with me. They go run an errand with me. Pastor Jim, you know what they did with me yesterday? Yesterday, they, they, they put me in the car. My teenage children drove me to Raleigh. I had to let them because I didn't know where we were going. They surprised me. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. And they said, are you okay, Dad? I said, yes, I'm just praying a blessing over you right now. <laughs> They almost get to where we're going. They said, okay, Dad, we're, we're, we're here. We're here. Okay, where are we? And they turn to the White Oak Shopping Center. <laughs> Gave me a card with money in it and sent me to Cabela's. Yeah! Walked around with me, got this shirt there. They got me a nice shirt for Father. I said, anything you want, Dad. And you know what? That was, that was awesome. Actually, it's the first time they've ever been old enough to all do that. <laughs> and they're working, and they got a little bit of jingle. And so, you know, they can't stand to have that in their pocket. So they hadn't been, they give it to Dad. I'll take it. So, uh, um, But, you know, if they had just come in and said, Dad, let's just go. Can we just go walk and talk or go get some ice cream or whatever it is? Nothing touches my heart greater. And nothing reaches the heart of a father more than when the kids spend time with them. You know, just as important as time is to the children, it is to dad. It means a lot. My boys so did that for me one time. We took me to the store and said, Dad, you can get anything you want. The name on the outside was Dollar Store. I don't know what that was. <laughs> When I was a kid in the candy shop. So bottom line is give us the gift of obeying us. God put us in your life on purpose, particularly when you're living in our home. And I know kids sometimes chafe it when Dad says, as long as you put your feet under my table, you're going to do what I say. But understand, we may not do it well, but, uh, but our heart is to help you understand uh, appropriate authority and learn how to, because you can't have authority until you learn to submit to authority. It is in submitting to authority that you get authority that's just how the kingdom works so obey us and then love us and, and, a, and a classic way a wonderful way of showing us that you love us is number three listen to us just listen mm -hmm. uh, just hear what we got to say proverbs chapter 23 verse 22 listen to your father who gave you you life regardless of your age again young or old you can give us this gift so so let me ask you what does it say uh, when somebody asks you a question and then looks you in the eye and listens to you while you answer it, what does that say to you? It says nothing to do with the information that's being conveyed. It, it says you are valuable to me. It conveys respect. It conveys love. It, it conveys uh, just an empowerment that, frankly, you don't get anywhere else when somebody just says, hey, I, I got an idea or, or I need some help, 
and then they just listen to what you've got to say. My boys, of course, are all grown, uh, but it's just, it just blesses my socks off when I'll get a call or a text from one of them and say, Dad, I got an idea. Can I bounce it off of you? Well, they don't have to do what I say anymore. They're grown men with their own families. But just the fact that they asked and they listened to me is huge. I'll get a text from Adam every now and then and say, uh, Dad, I'm struggling with, with a decision. Can I bounce uh, my ideas off of you and give me some advice? Wow, that's huge. And I loved it when our oldest son said to me a year or so ago, he said, Dad, I had a situation with, uh, with Andy Jr., who's just turned 13, and uh, I now understand some of what you went through when I turned 13, and I just felt really good that he listened to what I had to say about all of that. <laughs> Hear me, guys. Uh, don't buy into this idea that we're old fuddy-duddies who don't get it. Our ideas may not fit your setting, but you can give us the gift of just listening you don't have to do what we say, but, but the respect of listening is huge for us, and I hope you'll consider that. And it is far better than the disrespect of treating us as irrelevant. Absolutely. You know, Pastor Jim, one of the things that I have uh, really found valuable uh, as I have gotten older and my, my dad has gotten older, as a, as a son, I go to my father who is now 84, um, and I spend a lot of time just listening to him mm -hmm. I ask him questions about the family I ask him questions about his upbringing and and maybe even great grandparents and great great grandparents that I never met and and I'll I'll get my phone out occasionally and I'll I'll hit that little record button on my phone and because I want to capture all of that because I I know that time I'm so blessed to have my father and I know that I won't forever and and it means a lot to me to get that information but it's as meaningful to him that I care enough to ask the questions it's amazing what we'll learn and I'm guilty of this I got the gift of gab now but it's amazing what we learn when we just stop talking and we start listening we might discover that our dads got smart as we grew up. I don't know if that's you know, the old Will Rogers quote, it's amazing how much my father learned between my 18th and 21st birthday. <laughs> we, we, we may discover that dad knows more than we ever think uh, he did. So the bottom line is, uh, is if you really want the blessings of Deuteronomy 5, if you really want that long life and the favor of God in the land, uh, then, then honor us, uh, you know. Um, obey us, particularly when you're living in our homes, recognize our appropriate spiritual authority, uh, love us, communicate that love in tangible kinds of ways, and then just listen to what we've got to say. Sometimes there may be a bit of wisdom in the midst of what we're saying, but whether there is or not, it's an incredible gift that you give us when you listen to what we've got to say. Andy, yeah. there's another gift we talked about. Yeah, the fourth gift, and, and it's one I have stood in need of many times as a dad and it will be one that I will stand in need of again and that is to forgive us uh, the gift of forgiveness you know we're human we do the best we can we try as hard as we can but sometimes we get distracted by life you know there's a there's a heavy burden in in raising children and keeping up a home and and making sure that and, and a lot of times and I'm just being honest, 
I have to reprioritize because we get our priorities mixed up sometimes. We think making a living and knocking out the rent and taking care of the light bill, well, we're doing pretty good, but we know there's more to it than that. We know that you need more than that. And maybe there are times when you, you've counted on us. I know as a son myself, there have been times I've counted on my dad and, and he, didn't, he didn't come through. He let me down. How many of you have ever been let down by anybody in your life? Anybody ever let you down? Have you ever let anybody down? Come on. Yeah. I mean, it happens to all of us. We all do that, but uh, just like honoring Dad is ultimately to your benefit, forgiving Dad is too. Here's a reality. Solomon says there's a huge price to pay for holding bitterness against someone, especially against your parents. In Proverbs 20, 20. It says, if a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. So who is the one that you're hurting when you refuse to forgive your parents? It strikes me, Pastor, the, the, the contrast between Deuteronomy 5, where yeah. it says, honor them and your life will be long, mm -hmm. and Proverbs 20, 20, says, well, if you, if you curse them, yeah. your life will be shortened. Yes. I mean, the contrast is profound, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And bitterness is one of the most self-destructive forces it's true. in all the earth. If it gets a hold in your heart, if it gets a hold of you, you're bitter, and you're angry and bitter, and you don't even know why. You don't even know, but that thing's got a hold of you. And we hold that thing against that person. And do you know who it hurts worse than anybody else? The one holding on to. That's right. The one holding on to unforgiveness. It takes a strong person to say they're sorry. And that's a big deal to me as a dad now. I do want to say that. I'm a, I'm a father and I expect there to be honor and I expect you to do what I say. But I don't think I'm always right. Matter of fact, I know when I blow it. I'll go to my wife and ask her. I'll say, Kirsten, that was a little... And I know the answer's already yes, but I just need her to affirm it because maybe I missed it, but I know it's yes. And normally she doesn't even have to say anything. She just looks at me like, yeah, doofus, you did, you know. Um, we know that. And that's a big, it's a big deal for me, though, to be able to go to my kids, to kneel down by their bed or sit down beside them and say, you know what, I blew it. I messed up. I messed up. It takes a strong person to do that, but it takes an even stronger person to forgive. Amen. To look at that individual in your life and say, I hear you, and I know, and yes, you did, but I love you, and I forgive you. Matthew 6 brings it on home even, even harder in verses 14 and 15. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. There's a conjunction there, isn't there? But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive you. So, so we're not saying honor our failures. That's right. We're, we're just saying humanize us. Absolutely. I mean, depressurize us by, by you know, unhero worshiping us. I mean, we're doing our best, and we want to do our best, and sometimes we blow it, uh, and it helps us if you don't put us on a pedestal because when we mess up, we fall off, and then we both get hurt. So just, you know, 
cut us a little slack, understanding that we all need that slack. Yeah. And so, you know, as we forgive, we are forgiven. Romans 3.23, for everyone, and what does everyone include when you see it in Bible? It's everyone. Dads and non-dads and kids and everybody has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We're just saying give us the same measure of grace that you want God to give you when you mess up along, along the way. I've got a good friend who was... Uh, chaplain at West Point for a number of years. He was captain in the Army, and, and uh, we went to school together. Uh, and he and I were sitting, uh, talking one year toward the end of school, and Father's Day was approaching, and I asked him about his relationship with his dad, and he said, I, I don't have a relationship with my dad. Uh, and uh, uh, he laughed when I was a kid, and I said, well, do you, are you in touch with him? Do you know where he is? He said, oh, yeah, I know where he is. I, I hear from him once in a while, but I don't really relate to him at all and and I said well well Greg uh, does that hurt your heart and he said no nah, I'm over it I've dealt with it I'm fine and uh, and I talked to him about the scriptures honor your father and your mother this is this is a committed Christian man taught at Valley Forge Bible College he's a chaplain in the army at West Point and this is a bright guy loves Jesus grown uh, kids that are in their teens himself and I'm saying Greg what do you do with the Bible what it says honor your mother and your father and he said well my father wasn't honorable enough to honor and I just I don't feel like I have to and I tried everything I could think of just friend to friend brother to brother sitting across the table at Ruby Tuesday one day and I finally said well I almost I got one more word for you Greg and, and then I'm gonna hush on this subject we'll move on uh, you do understand that your children are watching how you treat your father to know how you want to be treated when you're your dad's age mm. and he went I'll call him today <laughs> We, we mess it up sometimes, uh, and sometimes we have to say, I'm sorry. But, you know, we kids mess it up sometimes, too, and That's we right. have to say, Dad, I'm sorry. I haven't, I haven't treated you with the respect and the honor that I could have, should have, and I'm sorry for that. Forgive us and give us the opportunity to forgive you because it is in doing that that we find a reconciliation and healthy relationship, which brings us back to where we started. And the fifth gift that we uh, want to mention before we close, and that is just honor us. Just, just honor us. Going back to that word, treasure, value, increase in value. And the, and, and, and the best way, I think, the best way you can do that, speaking as a father, particularly with grown sons, um, I think the best way you can honor us is by remembering that we didn't just give you life, uh, we gave you a family name. We received that name, and then we passed that name on. And so uh, you now are taking the mantle or the baton of that name, and you're carrying it forward. And it's huge. Uh, sometimes you've got to get older before you realize how important that is. But, but, but the family name uh, is, is valuable, and it's to be treasured and to be valued. I, I, I've mentioned before that time from a little town called Bladenboro, North Carolina, down in Bladen County, uh, North Carolina. But what I haven't talked much about is that at two years old, uh, we moved to Detroit. My dad was from up north, and so we lived in Detroit until I was about 12 or 13. We moved back to Bladenboro. So my formative years were in Detroit, Michigan. By the time we moved back to Bladenboro then, as a young teenager, I had picked up enough of a kind of Midwestern Yankee accent that as soon as I met people in Bladenboro, uh, they would immediately say, you're not from around here, are you? And that's kind of how they do, you know, small town folks. And, and so you know what I would do 
uh, in order to break the ice, I would immediately say, I am Blaney McKithen's grandson. Well, my granddad was a deputy sheriff in Bladen County, and uh, later on he owned a store in town and was just well-loved, well-respected man. And I knew that as soon as I said, I'm Blaney McKithen's grandson, I, I would immediately have an opportunity to, to, you know, for an open door. I, whether I squandered that or not was up to me, but they would give me an opportunity uh, immediately simply because of the family name that I carried. Does that make sense? I went to a mechanic shop one time, and and uh, I, and he said, "You ain't from around here, are you? Who are you?" And I and I said, "Well, I'm Blaney McKithen's grandson." And he said, uh, "So that must mean you're Howard's boy." And I said, "No, uh, Uncle Howard is is my mother's brother. My mom was Edna. Well, he didn't know my mom." And he didn't really know my grandfather very well, but he knew my uncle really well, and my uncle had not honored the family name very well, uh, like the time he terrorized the county with a shotgun and they had to lock him up, and his own dad had to do it. And, you know, a few things like that that my <laughs> Uncle Howard uh, could tell you stories, Uncle Howard stories all night, but uh, I won't. Uh, maybe one more. No. Uh, uh, so immediately... I didn't get an open door. I got a closed door. That congregation went. That conversation went south quickly because now he's connected me to someone who didn't handle the family name very well. Does it make sense? And so, if you really want to honor us, yes, by all means, please uh, obey us, particularly when you live in our homes and and love us in practical kinds of ways. Uh, listen to us. Give us the respect of at least hearing what we've got to say, whether you do it or not. You know, as adults, you don't have to. Uh, forgive us when we blow it, but honor us by remembering that we gave you a name, and that name is, has huge value, and you will be treated in days ahead, uh, not necessarily on what you do, but on the value of what your dad and, and others did in your life. My youngest son, Zach, and his family are part of the Bridge family. They live here in Goldsboro. And Zach, of the three boys, looks the most like me, I guess. And so when he first married a Goldsboro girl, we were living in Virginia, married a Goldsboro girl, uh, Rebecca said to him one time, she said, I have lived in Wayne County my whole life, and you're living here for the first time in your life, and more people know you than me, because he'd walk <laughs> into a store and say, are you related to Jim Wall? <laughs> and so he got an opening simply because of people knew who I was, having preached in many churches in the Goldsboro area. So you hear what I'm saying? Honor us, but not just us. Remember, there's a whole family name associated with this, with this journey. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. It was always a motivator for me mm -hmm. when I was a teenager growing up, when I was in high school. There, was a, there were a lot of choices that I did not make because I knew Jesus and Bob Stovall were watching. So, <laughs> there were a lot of things I said, nah, y'all can jump off that bridge, but I'm going to stay right here because uh, I'll have to answer to my daddy. And, and there was an expectation because of who I was and, and whose boy I was. Mm -hmm going to respond in a particular way. Which leads me to a thought I want us to close with, and that is, by all means, honor the dads, the, the biological 
spiritual adoptive stepdads in your life, by all means, do the things. Give them the gifts that we're talking about. Find a way somehow. And I know, as in my case, my dad passed many years ago. You may not have that opportunity. You still can keep that honor going by the way you carry the family name. But I want you to reflect with me for just a moment on the idea that we carry a family name when we name the name of Jesus as our elder brother and God as our heavenly father. Let's be honest, guys. We live in a world where Christianity is not the center of the culture like it once was. We live in a day when preachers are crooks and Christians are stupid. That's what the media and the movie world would have you believe. The Bible says that it becomes our responsibility to stand out like bright lights in a dark sky. I guess in a sky as dark as ours these days, your light ain't got to be all that bright to stand out, but that's our job is to stand out because we carry the family name. When you name the name of Jesus, understand that you immediately become an ambassador of Jesus Christ. So by all means, honor the dads in your life, but don't forget above all to honor the Heavenly Father who gave you life. And if for any reason you're listening to what we're trying to say, either online or in the room, and you're not absolutely sure that He is your Heavenly Father, then, then let me challenge you here and now to let's fix that. You see, everybody that was ever created is a creation of God. You are God's creature, but you have to choose to become one of His children. His children are those that accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And so if you haven't done that, let me beg you to do that right here, right now. That would be the best possible gift that you could give your heavenly father. And if your earthly father figure is a Christian, it's the best gift you can give him too, is to know that you are serving the Lord. So let's bow and pray. I do want us to pray for our dads, but first let's make sure that we've settled that heavenly father issue in our hearts would you join me in that prayer father thank you for giving us life and thank you for giving us your name there are doors open to us because we are followers of jesus christ because we carry the family name god and sons incorporated god and daughters incorporated we thank you for that We pray simply, Lord, that not only would you give us the forgiveness that we need, the help and the hope and the strength that we need day by day, but at the end of the day, we want to make you proud. We want you to look at us and say, that's my boy, that's my girl. We want to make you proud, Father. So help us to do that. Help us to live our lives in a way that honors the family name of both our eternal family, our spiritual family, the bridge, and our biological adoptive and step families that you've placed us in. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for the power to accomplish it all. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said together,